0: Kent Online
1: News. News you can trust.
0: This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett.
2: Hello, hope you're okay. It's Thursday, October the 5th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. And we're going to start today with reaction to this announcement from the Prime Minister.
3: I propose that in future, we raise the smoking age by one year every year. That means a 14-year-old... That means a 14-year-old today will never legally be sold a cigarette, and that they and their generation can grow up smoke-free. For a conservative, measures that restrict choice are never easy. I know not everyone in this hall will agree with me on this, but I've spent a long time weighing up this decision. Simply put, unlike all other legal products, there is no safe level of smoking. And what has ultimately swayed me is that none of us, not even those who smoke, want our children to grow up to be smokers. And this change can make that a reality. It will save more lives than any other decision we could take.
2: That's Rishi Sunak speaking at the Tory party conference in Manchester well cancer charities have welcomed the idea while England's chief medical officer says smoking is the largest preventable cause of ill health in the UK we've been finding out what Dr Julian Spinks who's a GP in Medway thinks about the idea.
4: I think it's a very positive move um, and it's copying what they're, they're already uh, proposing to do down in New Zealand exactly the same limits it means anyone born after the 1st of January two. 2009 will never be able to legally buy cigarettes. You're not going to stop them smoking, but they can't buy them themselves from the shops. And the hope is that uh, if you make it more difficult for people to smoke, then they won't. And if we can stop teenagers taking up smoking, then there's a very good chance they won't take it up later.
0: People, it doesn't always act as a deterrent though, does it? Because people will find other ways of accessing it, won't they? So could this not lead to... um... I mean, I guess crime, if we're going to make it harder to access, people are not just going to find other ways of of getting cigarettes?
4: Uh, There's always a danger you end up with a black market that's causing things. Um, Having said that, uh, once they started to uh, enforce things like stopping people buying cigarettes uh, under 18, it did drop the number of people actually smoking under 18 as well. And what we've shown is each time we get more restrictive about smoking, the numbers smoking go down. And remember, these are going to be 14-year-olds and younger that are affected. And I know there are some uh, who smoke younger than that, but most children will not have started smoking by then.
0: And there have been calls to van vapes um, as well, so I guess it's all kind of a big thing of trying to get people to stop, um, to stop smoking, to stop vaping. I mean, do you think people will, will get on board with, with with the whole kind of thing?
4: Well, Vapes are a double-edged sword. They are a very useful way to stop smoking, but the concern has been that there's a rising number of people vaping, who are going into vaping who've never smoked, and particularly amongst children and teenagers with disposable vapes. So they're going to explore whether you ban those and also whether you restrict other vapes and perhaps put them in plain packaging so they're less attractive.
2: There'll be a vote in Parliament to see if the policy will go ahead. The Prime Minister's also promising to restrict the availability of Vapes.
0: Kent Online News.
2: Other top stories for you today. And nine people have been arrested following police raids on properties across Kent. Officers searched homes in Maidstone, Westmoreland, Gravesend and Swanley yesterday. The suspects were detained on suspicion of drug offences and attempted murder. It's after residents reported hearing gunshots in Gravesend on Tuesday and a car was found with what looked like bullet holes. Two men who stole from more than 20 cars in West Kent have been sent to prison. The pair took golf equipment, tools and even a £10,000 antique violin from vehicles in Hildenborough and Sevenoaks. They've been locked up for a total of five and a half years. More crime news and a suspect's been in court accused of racially abusing a man in Maidstone and beating him with a tree branch. The victim had been walking with friends when he was attacked on Union Street back in April, leaving him with head injuries. A 33-year-old from the town is out on bail until November. And a Gillingham mum who stole more than £2,000 from a business in Rochester, has been given a second chance. The 43-year-old took £2,400 from the casino rooms while she was an employee. A court heard how the mum of two stole the money to fund her drug addiction. She's been given a conditional discharge and ordered to pay the money back. Next today, and a former prisoner who ended up living on the streets of Dover after he was released says there were times when he missed his jail cell. Gary Harland has described for the podcast struggling with alcohol alcohol and mental health issues. He was given temporary refuge by Dover Outreach and is now working to rebuild his life in Deal. He says there are hundreds of rough sleepers in the area and is calling on the government to offer more support. Well, Gary has been sharing his story with our reporter, Sam Lennon. I was released
5: from jail um, after seven, two and a half years, and uh, I was homeless, um, released from jail homeless. And uh, I was living rough on the streets and... uh, I heard about the night the, the night shelter and outreach centre. Yeah. So I came down here um, and explained my case. They um, they put me into the night shelter originally. Mm-hmm. Then I lived above out, out, outreach for three months. Yeah. Um, they found me a little bed sitting deal, which is my hometown. Ah. Um, which basically put me closer to my family. Mm. Um, and they're still here now, and they still help support me in um, in in everything. Uh, anything that I have trouble with, I can phone them up and ask for advice or help, mm. uh, and they, they offer it, you know. And, and yeah, they've done everything really.
1: Mm. What would would have happened to you if Outreach hadn't come over and helped you?
5: Well, I was living on the streets, and uh, I was it was the middle of winter. I was really, yeah, I was really not well, and I I, I thought I'd end up in hospital or, or yeah. probably yeah. Uh, yeah. dead yeah really um, it was that bad uh, i had zero hope for life at all and this place gave me not only just a roof but they gave me hope and uh, and, th- and that's that's what that's what done it for me was that society hadn't given up on me and uh, I, I all I needed was that little chance that step that little foot up and mm. um, an outreach provided that right and, and more and more because like i said the support is still there afterwards if you need it you can, it's a phone call away um, and even though I'm in deal I still come over to Outreach I mean, probably once a fortnight just to um, see my support worker um, let them know that I'm doing okay
1: Okay Are you uh, renting accommodation and you've got a job now and everything?
5: Uh, not at the moment Not a job? No, not at the moment uh, I'm in a bed sit which um, Outreach helped find for me um, and like I said, I was seeing my son um, occasionally now in a contact centre, obviously. Mm. Um, but my life is progressing, so the next step on the ladder would be getting a job and obviously finding mm. uh, uh, maybe somewhere else to live.
1: Uh, when did you come out of prison?
5: Uh, November, last year.
1: Last November, yes. and you were sleeping rough over the winter until they found
5: fa- I, I was, yes. And, and it until was they found dire. you. It, yeah. it was dire, and, uh, but, but I realised there's so yeah. many homeless people in dover i didn't realize until i actually got here and i've lived in deal all my life obviously um until you're actually in that kind of community you don't realize how many homeless people there are oh. and how many people need help and, and a lot of people do get help here but just, just i just can't believe how many homeless there are and uh, i think i think really that something more because this is a charity yeah and uh and like i said if it wasn't for them I, i'd dread to think what would have happened to me but it's not just about me, there's there's hundreds of people out there in, in this local area, you know, Dover, Deal, Canterbury, yeah. that are all homeless and, and all require help. And, and it's the charities that pick up the the load, if you know what I mean. And there's, no, there's not much government help at all. Um, and if it wasn't for them, uh, like I said, I don't know where I'd have ended up. Yeah.
1: You were two and a half years in prison. What were you, Did you want to say what we were in prison for?
5: Uh, threats to kill.
1: Right, some sort of dispute. Yes.
5: Yes, um, and uh, I'd done two and a half years.
1: And it, this was during the, the COVID pandemic. You mentioned that
5: it was so. So it was lockdown in jail, and uh, it was twenty three hours a day in your cell for two years solid. Yeah. Um, you had half an hour for exercise, half an hour for a shower, and, and that rest of it was twenty three hours in your cell. On your own. Well, I had a cellmate. Oh, so, but it it was it was difficult. But then jail was meant to be difficult
2: kent online reports an incredibly sad story next as a whitstable dad and youth football coach has died on a long-haul flight back home from a business trip matt milne who was only 43 had been in singapore well kate joins me now with more on this story and he was very well known kate
0: Absolutely. Matt was the coach of Whitstable's under-14s football club. He also ran the bar and was incredibly popular. The software programmer was married to wife Francesca and had two children and the family say they've been inundated with hundreds of messages of sympathy and support. And do we know exactly what happened? Well, it's thought he suffered a deep vein blood clot in his leg which then travelled to his lung. Despite the best efforts of off-duty paramedics who were on the plane, he couldn't be saved. Francesca, who met Matt when they were at university, said he was relatively fit and it came as a complete shock. The couple had been due to celebrate their 19th wedding anniversary this weekend. And bosses at Whitstable Town FC have posted a tribute on their site, haven't they? Yes, they say Matt's death has shocked them all and go on to say he played an integral role in the club's operations. They add that he was always eager to assist anyone and his warm smile was contagious. There'll be a minute's applause in Matt's memory during the girls team game this weekend. Kate, thank you ever so much.
3: Kent Online reports.
2: Southern Water and Thames Water have been ranked as the worst for complaints in England and Wales. The companies which both cover parts of Kent are being accused of letting down more than 20 million customers. A technical error has meant residents in Gillingham were unaware of a proposal to build new homes directly behind their properties. Four houses have been approved for Napier Road, but neighbours say it only came to light after a conversation with a builder working on a nearby project. The planning department has apologised for the oversight, but say the approval for the development cannot now be reversed. Well, we're sticking with housing news now and house prices across Kent have started to fall amid some speculation that the county's housing bubble may have burst. Figures that we've seen from Zoopla show nearly a quarter of houses in Thanet have had their asking price reduced by 5% or more to make a sale. Homeowners in Dover, Canterbury and Maidstone have also had to slash prices. Well, Spencer Fortag is from Dockside Property Services in Medway. I've been chatting to him about the current state of the housing market across the county.
6: Anecdotally, things are looking uh, still buoyant and positive. Uh, We're seeing good activity. Uh, In fact, just this week, we agreed two sales on houses uh, with prices uh, well in excess of of half a million pound. Uh, So the fact remains that people are still active within the uh, Medway and and wider Kent region. Uh, And I've been looking at the figures myself as well uh, amongst Zoopla and Rightmove and also the land registry stats because I'm a, a bit of a numbers nerd. Uh, and it's interesting to see the number of properties for sale currently. Uh, and I've, I've looked at Kent as a, as, a, as, a, as a region. And we can see that in uh, 2021, there were just under 12,500 properties for sale. Last year, 16,610 properties for sale. And currently, 22,000 properties for sale uh, as of 1st of October this year. That's, that's the 1st of October for each year. So we can see the number of properties for sale have gone up slightly. Now, that may be impacted by... Obviously, we've got quite a few new residential developments happening in, in Medway and Kent. Uh, but also, I think it shows that there is activity in the market. And this is probably leading to owners having to become a bit more realistic with their asking prices.
2: There, that seems a huge number of properties currently on the market at the moment. What do you think it could be down to?
6: I think that the higher number uh, that, that we're seeing is due to you know increased activity in the market. Remember, this will also include people that are moving up the ladder as well. Uh, as well as those that are, you know, like being forced to sell, uh, which we're not seeing. So I think that it the the numbers are indicative of of an active market, uh, and I think also we do need to take into account the fact that, that there have been quite a few residential schemes for sale uh, in Medway and Kent. You know that we've we've got a handful of sites across Medway alone. And those numbers will include new builds.
2: you seeing a lot of people moving into the area as well from, from outside of Kent, maybe is it attracting people to move into the, into the County?
6: Well, well, absolutely. You know, ever since the, uh, the whole work from home dynamic changed, people looked for a change of lifestyle. Uh, and this isn't so anecdotal because we do actually have an office uh, very close to Canary Wolf as well. That serves that area. And there, you know, crystallizes exactly what I'm talking about. You know, whereas uh, people were paying, for example, you know, a good three or £400,000 for a one-bedroom apartment or £1,300 a, a month rent for the same one-bedroom apartment, they can get much better value for money in places like Essex or or Kent. Uh, you know, they get a better lifestyle. Uh, there's outdoor spaces, there's outdoor activities. They'll have an outdoor space with their property. They'll normally be moving from a leasehold property to a freehold property. So yes, we are seeing a, a really good number of people coming from other areas looking at Kent.
2: Is that a good thing for the county? Does it does it um boost the local economy? Well
6: well, absolutely. And you know, the keyboard warriors on the on the forums and and various uh, online chats would have you would have you believe that it's a bad thing uh, and it's not helping locals. But surely, you know, my point is that if these people are now moving to Kent and owning property here, and spending money in the local community surely that makes them local uh you know they may not have lived here for for 30 or 40 years or or be generationally born in Kent but the fact remains is that an an active house market underpins a good local economy because not only and for new builds, it's the same because obviously the builders are building them the builders are spending money locally with local contractors they're employing local people but when the people move in they're spending money locally so people moving into the area. From outside of Kent, I, you know I've got to be quite like firm on this. To so a lot of people, it's good for the local community. It's good for the local economy.
2: Kent Online News: A Kent man is among a group of people accused of trying to launder nearly 180,000 pounds from fraud victims. People across the country were targeted by criminals pretending to be legitimate businesses. The 27-year-old from Ramsgate has been released on bail ahead of his next court appearance later this month. One of Kent's most congested junctions is due to be upgraded using money from the scrapped HS2 project. The Prime Minister's facing heavy criticism today after announcing the northern leg of the high-speed railway won't be built, but he's promising to spend £36 billion on other transport projects across the UK, including improving Brenly Corner, which links the A2, M2 and Thanet Way near Faversham. A French bulldog's been abandoned with a bag of toys and medication in Sheerness. She was found tied to a lamppost in 2nd Avenue and taken in by the Stray Dog Service. They're urging anyone with information to come forward. You can see a picture of her by heading to the website. The last Wilco store in Kent is closing today. The branch in Sittingbourne will shut its doors for the final time, two months after the company went into administration. Other towns have already lost theirs in recent weeks. Now, some good news. We're in for some unseasonably warm weather this weekend. Forecasters say temperatures in some parts of the UK could reach as high as 26 degrees on Sunday. Now, the record for October, don't know if you remember this is actually 29.9 degrees and that was set in Gravesend back in 2011 and finally Canterbury Cathedral is set to host a 90s silent disco the event will feature classic tracks from the likes of the Venger boys Eminem and All Saints church leaders using it as a way to reach out to younger people but also raise money for the upkeep of the church.
1: Online sports
2: football and shock news from Priestfield today as Neil Harris has been sacked as Gillingham manager. He'd been in charge for just over 20 months, keeping them in League 2 last season and seeing them start this campaign in good form. But a statement from the club today says they now wish to go in a different direction. Assistant coach David Livermore will also be leaving. Well, Lucy joins
7: me now. I don't think anyone expected this, did they, Lucy? No, really not. As you say, Neil managed to turn things around last season when at times it looked like the club could be heading out of the National League and they started really well this campaign spending several weeks at the top of the table but after three games without a win a change has been made and the search is now on for a new head coach fans have been sharing their thoughts on Kent Online Banterboy1 says shocked by this if honest Bomber has done a decent job yes not attractive at times but I look where we are and a little miffed obviously Brad and Shannon made the decisions now and we all hope this is right call Cake or Death wrote stupid, 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 so they haven't won in four games or so but still eighth in the table, four points off the top. Don't think Pep is likely to be coming down the A2 anytime soon. Jules Mann added, it's sad when anyone loses their job but I think this is the right move at critically the right time. Promotion can still be achieved. Essex Boys says, thank you Neil, you're a decent bloke and a gentleman. I'm genuinely sorry it's come to this but I'm not surprised. Prized Recent results have slipped with a squad that should be doing much better. You can let us know what you think by leaving a comment on the story. Keith Millen will be taking charge of the game against MK Dons at Priestfield on Saturday.
2: Cricket and Daniel Bell Drummond was a big winner at Kent's end-of-season awards ceremony. The batsman took home five out of the nine prizes on offer at the Spitfire Ground. He won Moment of the Year for his record-breaking County Championship Division 1 innings of 300 not out against northamptonshire in june well that's all from us for today thanks ever so much for listening don't forget you can follow us on facebook x instagram tiktok and threads you can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing and to sign up to that you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk whilst you're on the site today you can check out our latest eat my words
0: food review
1: news you can trust
0: this is the kent online podcast